we're going to start things out a little different tonight. And if you didn't get your nap and you're a little sleepy, hopefully this first song will kind of wake you up. I know it'll wear me out. <clears throat> it's one of it I've done many years, and I just love it. I love the upbeat about it, but there's a message in it. So listen for the message. Long, long time ago, I did not know about Jesus and his love. Well, I'd heard about it, but I'd never felt it, that power that flows from above. When this life of sin, I could no longer stand, I asked my mother, how do I get to know this man? She said, you must be, can't you see? You've got to be born again. Let me tell you, you must have that fire and Holy Ghost. That prayer will turn in, keeps your fire burning. That kind of experience you can feel, makes you move, makes you shout, makes you cry, cause it's real. Keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in Jesus' name. Fill within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. Oh, so many toils and dangers that my Lord has brought me through. Well, he's opened blinded eyes and he's made the lame to walk. There's nothing too hard for God to do. So now's the time when we must seek him. Let him fill your soul within. He'll make you whole, fill your soul, then you'll know you're born again. Let me tell you, you must have that fire and Holy Ghost. That prayer will turn in, it keeps your fire burning. That kind of experience you can feel makes you move makes you shout makes you cry cause it's real keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in jesus name fill within free from sin you've got to be born again let me tell you you must have that fire and holy ghost that prayer will turn in it keeps your fire burning that kind of experience you know you can feel makes you move makes you shout makes you cry cause it's real keep your hand in the master's hand till your soul's been anchored in jesus name Fill within, free from sin, you've got to be born again. 
filled within, free from sin. You've got to be born again, filled within, free from sin. You've got to be born. You gotta be born again. It'll go on again, but I won't. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and put the tent up and put the sawdust out and let's have camp meeting. Praise the Lord for uh, for that. I'm grateful that we can be born again. And... Um, you know, just as sure as I had a physical birth, and you had a physical birth, we know that because we're here, right? Uh, we also need to be born again, and that's when we place our faith in Jesus, just as, as Donna reminded us about that. And it's my prayer that those of you that are here, all of you can say that you remember that day when you called on His name, uh, when the Holy Spirit of God spoke to your heart and showed you your need for salvation, and you said yes. I believe I place my faith in Jesus and if that is not the case if you're here tonight and you're saying I'm just not too sure about that well tonight can be the night and I pray that it will be the night that you'll trust Christ and those of you watching online right there where you're watching at if you're re-watching this sometime later go ahead and take advantage of the opportunity let today be the day of salvation and you'll have joy and peace in your heart you'll have your name written in heaven and um, you'll never be alone on your own again because the Holy Spirit of God will be with you and He will guide you and be faithful all the way. So I'm praise the Lord for that. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. My heart is, is blessed tonight uh, by being reminded about uh, being born again. And when we called on His name, the Bible says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'm glad it doesn't say might be saved, but it says shall be saved. If you called on the Lord, you are saved. There's no way you can't be saved. And there's no way that you can't go to heaven. There's no way that, that you can go to hell because you have placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and uh, man, I just feel like preaching already. I'm grateful. Thank you for that reminder tonight. And, um, and we, can, we can shout and sing the victory because of, of what Jesus has done for us. So I, I'm glad that you are joining us tonight. I welcome you. I know we got a lot of folks that are traveling, those that are out of town taking advantage of the long weekend, the Labor Day weekend. Uh, but I'm glad that we're able to meet together. Thank you for being here. And those of you, once again, joining online, I, I welcome you. I do want to remind you that uh, evangelist Tom Tucker will be with us next Sunday morning. Uh, he'll be uh, coming in town and uh, will be with us on Sunday morning. And then he'll be going to Norris first on Sunday night. Uh, so, uh, so he will be able to see some of our churches here in this Liberty area, even though we aren't having the uh, Liberty Ministerial Association uh, area revival. But I'm looking forward to having Tom with us. He preached our revival, our combined revival, uh, two years ago. And uh, I've been in touch with Tom, and he's such a great encouragement. And uh, he loves the Lord. He loves uh, the local church. And so I'm excited to have Tom with us this coming Sunday morning. So I'll remind you about that. Uh, thank you so much, uh, those of you that were here this morning and, and uh, those of you that gave in the love offering to help us with uh, Ethan's book. And uh, just know that God's going to continue to do great things through that. And, um, and so thank you so much for that. Be in prayer, uh, if you would, for, um, uh, for our school. And, uh, of course, our football team right now is, is quarantined, and they hope to get back out on the practice field on Saturday, I believe it is, and pray they'll be able to get all this behind them, and uh, God will keep us safe. We pray for our students and for all those in our school district as well, and, and we especially pray for our church family, that God would put a hedge protection about us 
and uh, keep us safe during this time. Uh, my good friend, uh, Pastor Stuart Houston, is in the hospital and battling COVID, so I ask that, that we would pray for him tonight. And um, let's also remember Richard Smith family. This is Amy Winchester's papa. Uh, went home to be with the Lord, and so we pray for Amy and for Daniel and for their family. I want to lift them up. And, and uh, Eve J. and Molly Washington are our shut-ins of the week, and their information is in the bulletin. And uh, if you're watching this online and, and you say, I don't have a bulletin, well, just go to our website and go to the info section, and you'll see weekly bulletins in there. And also, you'll see our Follow Jesus guide. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to be focusing during our uh, devotional time uh, together on uh, when Jesus went to the cross for us. And uh, we've been in Matthew chapter uh, 27 in our Follow Jesus times and been moving through. Of course, Judas betrayed Jesus and, and then went out and hung himself. And, and uh, Jesus had been arrested and, and uh, they, had, they, had, they have already beaten Jesus, put the crown of thorns uh, on, his, on his brow. And, and so this coming Sunday morning, we'll be looking at where Jesus was on the cross. And, and he, he showed his great love for you and me when he died in our place. So it's my prayer you know, that you'll uh, get those Follow Jesus guides. If you're here tonight, they're in room 201. And as a church family, you know, let's focus like it was uh, Easter week. You know, let's focus on what Jesus did for us and remember the great sacrifice, all that he endured for you and me for our sin. And he uh, demonstrated the greatest love that, that we'll ever know. I'm so thankful for the love of God and, and all that Jesus did for us. So it's my prayer, and I just call our church um, to um, let's, let's think about that and, and be reminded of his great love this week. And uh, looking forward to this coming Sunday as Tom Tucker, evangelist Tom Tucker, will be here. Invite a friend, encourage them to come and, and be with you. And uh, looking forward uh, to this coming Lord's Day. And, and so um, let's please remember um, those that have upcoming tests and procedures and uh, those, that are, um, those that are sick and those that are battling, even those battling COVID. want to remember them tonight. And uh, let's call on the Lord in prayer right now. And let's join our hearts together. And, and as we do, I'm going to ask Stoney, if you would, brother, would you lead us to the Lord in prayer tonight? Amen. Before Donna comes and, and uh, leads us, I, I do want to remind you that we're going to be participating in the Operation Christmas Child this year. And there's information in the bulletin, but there will be a meeting next Sunday uh, following the morning service. And this is a wonderful cause, and we've enjoyed uh, the blessing of being a part of this in the past. And so I just want to remind you about that, and, and um, we'll be sharing more information about that. But God bless you. Thank you. Let's continue to worship tonight. Stand with me once again as we sing. Soon and very soon. Soon and very soon, we are going to see the king. 
Now, Mark was talking back in the choir room certain songs he remembers as being contemporary. That was one of the contemporary ones when I first, yeah, that song's old to y'all people now. I know, I know. So am I. I'm old, okay? Also, Lord Be Glorified with John on 457, and if you're following in your hymnals, this one I just love. It's um, just a, a really pretty prayerful kind of, of a song. So. Heavenly Father, I pray that that will be the desire of our hearts even more and more, especially in these last days, that in our life, in our homes, in our church, in our worship, God, that you would be glorified. The greatest thing that our sons and daughters can do is glorify you. The greatest thing, Lord, that, that we can do as individuals and as a church is to glorify you. So, Lord, I pray that that would even include our giving. Lord, that we would give back to you a portion of what you've blessed us with. God, we know that you own it all, but we thank you, Lord, for the privilege of giving as uh, an act of worship. Lord, with sincere hearts, we pray that we'll be cheerful givers and give back. Lord, that you will take this offering and use it for your glory. Lord, that the gospel will go forth and that souls will be saved. We just thank you that we have a story to share. And we thank you for your many blessings. And we ask you to help us tonight, Lord Jesus. Bless our church in your precious name. All God's people said, Amen. If you'll turn with me to 1 John chapter 3, we're going to be focusing on verses 2 and 3 tonight in 1 John. And, you know, a major theme in 1 John is assurance. Uh, John says in, in 1 John 5, he, he writes these things uh, to those who believe on, on the, the Lord Jesus that we would know that we have eternal life. And, and, um, and so assurance of salvation is a major theme and, and as we think about what we're going to be looking at tonight in uh, chapter 3, God keeps his word, you know, and, and that will give us assurance. We believe in the Lord. We trust the Lord, trust his word. Uh, the Lord Jesus is, is the word of God incarnate, and we believe uh, in God and his word in the Lord Jesus Christ. We place our faith in him, 
And he always keeps his word. He never goes against his word. He never has and he never will. And so I want to encourage us tonight with that fact. You know, oftentimes it's hard for us to imagine someone keeping their word when we live in a world where someone's word really doesn't mean a lot. And that's the way it is today. Uh, you know, we need lawyers to draft up legal documents and contracts for loans and mortgages. Why? Because a simple handshake doesn't mean anything anymore. People will look you in the eye and they'll just tell you a bold-faced lie. Their word doesn't mean a whole lot. Uh, they tell me that uh, there was a day when, uh, when your word was enough. When you just said, okay, I'll, I'll commit to this. And, and that was enough. Well, that's no longer the case anymore. And so oftentimes this world might influence us into thinking that God's like that. But he's not. God keeps his word. So I want to preach to you tonight a message entitled, God Keeps His Word. We're going to be looking at 1 John chapter 3, verses 2 through 3. And I'm so glad that there is one who does keep His Word, and that's God Almighty. That's who He is. God is true. God is faithful. He's never gone against His Word, and His will will never contradict His Word. That's how important His Word is. His Word is so powerful. His Word is true. It will never lead us astray, and we'll always be blessed. It'll always be uh, for our benefit every time that we take God at His Word. And God will always bless when we take Him at His Word. And so the good news is that we can stake the eternal destiny of our souls even on the Word of God. There's nothing in this world that we can say that about. But God's Word we can. We can believe. We can trust in His Word. So don't let our society cause you to feel as though God is like us. He's not. He can be trusted. And we can take him at his word and we'll never be sorry for doing so. I, I, I'll just tell you, there's never been a time in my life, never, when I regretted trusting God's word. The re regret comes when I didn't trust his word, when I didn't honor his word and didn't obey his word. So this evening, I would like for us to focus on a promise that God gives all believers from 1 John chapter 3. So let's look at this wonderful promise that we find here and, and what it should lead us to do since we can trust God to keep His Word. So look with me here in uh, verse uh, 2 of uh, 1 John chapter 3 and we'll also look at verse 3 as well. Beloved, now we are children of God and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be but we know that when He is revealed we shall be like Him. For we shall see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We know, Lord, that your word is true. It's inerrant, it's infallible, it's inspired, and it is enough. It is sufficient. So I pray, Lord, that we'll be thankful for your word. That we can open your word and we can read out of your word just like we did. Uh, just a few moments ago. We know that your word is true, so I pray you'll teach us tonight. We know that faith comes by hearing, and hearing by your word. And we can trust you, trust your word. So help us to do that tonight, dear Lord, as we see these wonderful promises that you have given us in your word. Speak to us and help us, and teach us, Lord, as only you can. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I want us to see, first of all, in verse 2, that God promises you will receive an upgrade. Don't you like upgrades? <laughs> I mean, I, I think about that. Uh, something is, is maybe is kind of 
a worn out and um, you know maybe maybe we've we've temporarily fixed it enough enough and then it's finally just to the point of where it's just not really you know functioning like it should or it's just wearing out it's always good to get an upgrade well there's you know there's some confusion among Christians as to what our bodies are going to be like in heaven and of course when I'm talking about an upgrade we see in this verse right here in, in verse 2 uh, that uh, that we will see Jesus and we will be like him there's going to be an upgrade to these bodies praise the Lord um, you know there's but there's some confusion about what we'll be like in heaven uh, two-thirds of Americans who believe in the resurrection of the dead also believe they will not have bodies after their resurrection but that's not the case we'll have real bodies you know, the resurrection of Jesus assures us that we will receive a new body just like His. Matter of fact, notice this again in verse 2. We are now the children of God. So, of course, uh, the Apostle Paul is, is talking about those that are believers, those that have trusted Christ. We are indeed the children of God. We've been adopted into the family of God by faith in Jesus. We've placed our faith in Christ. Well, we're no longer separated from God, but we have been adopted into the family of God as children of God. And he continues in verse 2, And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But here it is. But we know that when He is revealed, we shall be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. So when Jesus arose again from the dead, He was in a real body. We believe that, right? I mean, we know that, we, the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus. He was in a real body. Remember, he appeared to Thomas in John's Gospel, chapter 20, and verse 27. And he essentially said, hey, you see these wounds? Touch them. Well, Jesus also ate a piece of fish as well while he appeared to his disciples on the shore. You remember Peter went running. to He, he realized it was Jesus. He didn't realize it at first. There they were. They hadn't caught anything all night. Peter led the, the way and he said, I'm going to go fishing. Uh, they were in hiding. They didn't know what to do. Jesus had indeed died. He was crucified. They, they knew that. And so they were scared and fearful and they were hiding. And so Peter just came to the point where he, I, I think he just said, I'm tired of this sitting around. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to do what I know to do. And that is, I'm going to go fishing. And so they all went with him fishing and they caught nothing all night and and then this man from the shore says have you caught anything and they said no and he says well cast to the other side of the boat and then you know what happened they cast to the other side of the boat and the nets couldn't hold it and then Peter realized it was Jesus and he went running to Jesus and Jesus was eating there can you just imagine breakfast with Jesus there on the shore what that was like hearing the things that he shared being with Jesus and I just can't imagine and how encouraging that must have been and uh, and Jesus indeed he had a physical body and um, you know there's very much physical action that's taken place and, and so the reason I'm pointing all this out about Jesus is John's gospel makes it clear that we'll, we'll be like him you know, will have bodies like un, unto the Lord Jesus so um, Jesus could do some pretty cool stuff after he had resurrected you know like he could appear in a room without using a door <laughs> and he could also ascend to heaven well how did he pull that off 
I don't know. But our bodies will be like the resurrected uh, state, like Jesus, because that is what God's Word assures us of in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. Just imagine. I mean, I believe when we're in glory and we have glorified bodies, we'll be like the Lord Jesus. I believe that we'll, we'll have access, obviously, to heaven, uh, but also, I believe we'll have access to the new earth. And we'll be able to go back and forth. How, how, do, we, how do we do We can't do that now, of course. We can't go all the way to the third heaven. We can't do that now. But one day we will. We'll have bodies, glorified bodies, like the Lord Jesus. You know, if, if, if we didn't have those glorified bodies, then we would just disintegrate in the presence of God, the Shekinah glory of God. We would just disintegrate in these bodies of flesh as we stood before Jesus. We need glorified bodies. So what's our bodies going to be like? Well, we're going to have an upgrade because we are reminded once again here in verse 2, it's not been revealed what we shall be, but here's what John says, but we know, that is a confident expectation, uh, not wishful thinking, but we know, we're confident that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. John says, we are in verse 2 you know that's obviously here and now we're children of God that's what we currently presently are he's referring to those that he's writing to and so here today in 2021 that's what we are I mean as Donna is saying about born again you remember when you were born again if you trusted in Christ presently right now you are children of God and it's not yet made clear what we're going to be and that's after his coming when Jesus comes again but we do know that when He comes and when He is revealed, we will, as His children, not unbelievers, not non-believers, but as His children, we will be like Him because we will see Him as He is. And folks, we'll see Him in all His glory. I mean, can you just imagine that? We think about, about Ethan Brown that we, uh, we heard about this morning. He's in the presence of Jesus right now, presently. He's seen Jesus. I can't imagine. In a perfect body. I can't imagine. There's, there's no disease. He's not confined to a bed. I mean, we're talking about completely whole now. Ethan in the presence of Jesus. You have loved ones, moms and dads perhaps, uh, family members, maybe friends, co-workers. They're on the other side. If they were believers in Christ, they are in the presence of Jesus in a very real place. And so we're reminded about this upgrade that we're going to have. Even Job, in Job chapter 19, the oldest book in the Bible, Job chapter 19 and verse 26, Job said, And though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh I or shall I see God. Job had assurance and faith that he will see God in, in his body. Yes, um, I can't give you every detail. But I do know the Bible assures us of an upgrade one day. And we're talking about perfection. Heaven is a perfect place. These bodies of perfection. I've, I, I, don't, I don't know. There's, there's been, we talked about this before on a Wednesday night. You know, Jesus was 33 when he died on the cross and, and when he ascend, arose and ascended, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And um, he is seated at the right hand of, of the Father as our great high priest making intercession for us. And I've heard some say that, you know, we're going to look like when we were 33. Or maybe if a child uh, went home 
uh, before they reach the age of 33. They will look as if they were 33. What they would have, I mean, I don't, it's kind of confusing, really. I don't have all the details. It's interesting, but I do know, you know, when you think about that, Jesus did say in verse 2, uh, we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we will see him as he's. We'll be like him. Glorified bodies. When you get to heaven, you're still going to be you. But you will be the upgraded version of you. You're going to be you, perfected and not flawed. I, we all have flaws, don't we? Maybe I, maybe I might be, in, be impatient. Maybe I might say some things that I shouldn't say. You know, or, or maybe, maybe I might participate. I just, we have flaws. My goodness, we, uh, Valerie and I were at Sam's and saw that they had this outdoor storage building. We desperately needed that. Um, I need some place to put my lawnmower and my, you know, my weed eater and, and uh, ice cream churn or whatever else we put. We needed an extra storage space. And, uh, and so you go to Sam's and you see this thing standing outside and, and it looks like, hey, this would be a piece of cake. You know, you just put these panels together and, and you uh, put some screws in and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and there's even, you can scan a QAR code in the instruction manual and, and, and it'll bring up a YouTube. And I just want you to know, this guy, he puts this stuff together and it's like, whoop, 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 and it's all there. Well, I told Valerie, I said, they need to record us to show how it really goes, you know. It's not that easy, you know. And, um, and so, um, you know, and, and I, I just, I wanted to call, I, my, me and my, my friend Steve Pilgrim, I joked that he's my designated cusser. It's like, Steve, I need you to, man, I need, I feel like saying some stuff, you know, this thing's not working out and, and we can't get this together and, and some of it, I just, I got to be honest, because Valerie knows I'm not telling the whole story. Some of it was my own stupidity. Just some, something simple as this. There's the, the gable. And so you have these, um, these brackets that attach to the gable. And so uh, the nut was supposed to go on the outside of the gable. Well, we put it on the inside. It doesn't matter, does it? I mean, you know, I mean, it's easier to lock down that way. And so here's me and Michael, man, we're knocking this gable, putting it out. Well, then it comes time to put the roof panels on. Well, guess what? The roof panels won't slide in because the nut is on the inside when it should have been on the outside. And it's like, what is it? I mean, this is simple. We put this together. And, and so that's just an example of many things. <laughs> Valerie's always reminded me, you should read the instructions. You should read the instructions. And I promise you, that's the last thing I want to hear at that moment in time. But we have our flaws, don't we? There's things that we do or things that we say. And, and, and a lot of times we just pass it off and say, well, that's just who I am. Everybody knows who I am. We have our flaws. Well, in heaven, there'll be no flaws. We'll be perfect. We won't even think the wrong thoughts. It's one thing to, to think it and not do it. But even Jesus said that if you've thought it, then you're guilty of it. And here's the thing about the mind. The mind is so powerful because if I, if I don't bring everything, my being, my thought life, everything into submission and crucify the flesh, and, and what happens is if I think it and I dwell on it, then it's eventually going to come out. But in heaven, there, there, don't, there won't even be imperfect thoughts. We're going to be upgraded. And we're talking about perfection. And, and we're, we're still going to be us. But our personality and everything is still going to be intact, but without sinful tendencies. I just can't imagine that. I mean, here in this sin-cursed world, we've been affected by sin. We're around sin. And, and we're, we're just, it's, it's all around us. You don't have to go looking for it. It's all around us. And I just can't imagine a place where there's no sin. But praise God, that's the place we're going. 
And we won't even have sinful tendencies. And then, as we, uh, as we think about when, when we come back to earth in our new bodies with Jesus, we're going to rule and reign with the Lord Jesus Christ. The rapture is going to take place, and uh, we're going to go be with Jesus if we're still alive and remain at the time. If not, if we go by the grave, our bodies are going to burst forth out of those graves, just as the Apostle Paul wrote about in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. We're going we're to go skyward, and we're going to be with the Lord. And Paul says, and so shall we ever be with the Lord, and so comfort one another with these words. And so we're going to go be with Jesus. All hell's going to break loose here on earth, the tribulation and great tribulation period. But we'll be with Jesus. We'll be like Jesus, bodies upgraded. And then we're going to come back to the earth with Jesus. Why is all this possible? Because of the resurrection of Jesus. If it weren't for that, we'd have no hope. If it weren't for Jesus. But I'm grateful for that wonderful day, that promise. Rick was telling me this morning, I didn't realize this, but, um, but he's, he's got rheumatoid arthritis. And you think about these, these, these ailments that we deal with. And, and uh, maybe we just have a bad, maybe the, a low pressure system is coming and we just feel bad. You know, or, or, or maybe as we age, you know, there's some pains and there's hurts that come up. And then maybe we need new knees or we need hip replacements or, or whatever. And, and uh, maybe our hair falls out so we've got to put a rug on our hair or whatever it is. You know, may, maybe we need, we need a hearing device and, and hearing aids. We need all this stuff until we get to the point where there's so much artificial about us. Well, I'm telling you in glory, we're not going to need any of that stuff because we'll have upgraded bodies we will be perfected and that's that's the promise that's the hope that we find in in the word of god yes you will receive the ultimate upgrade we will have perfect glorified bodies like the lord jesus if you can't carry a tune in the bucket right now don't worry you'll, you'll be on perfect pitch in heaven everything you do everything you think everything you participate you will be perfect if you can't see or hear good, don't worry. You'll see and hear perfectly in heaven. You know, Ethan lost his hearing. And when he lost his hearing, uh, he had a cochlear uh, a device for, for a little while. And, and, um, and, and so that, that kind of helped some things for, for a little while. But then he ultimately lost his hearing. And then his eyesight, you know, it was, it was pretty much he was blind. And, and, um, but, but, but folks, when they're, they're in his man cave as they called it uh, where, where, he, where his room was um, when, uh, when he breathed his last you know Rick was outside working in the yard and he said he noticed he was sleeping and, and then Ann came by and she was helping kind of you know helping Ethan and, um, and, and whenever it was when he went when he slipped out into eternity imagine what he saw and imagine what he heard imagine what he's participating in right now I mean I, that's, that's real and we have a promise that we'll be like the Lord Jesus. And if, if you can't see, hear good, you'll have perfect vision in, he in heaven. If you have sickness or disease or walk with a cane or need a walking chair, say goodbye to those things because you won't need them in glory. You'll have an upgrade. We're promised an upgrade here in 1 John chapter 3 and verse 2. And I love, I love for, when I think about what, what we are looking forward to in glory, it makes me so thankful for my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ imagine if this world was all there was you know falling apart uh, sin is corrupting and 
and um, there, there's such corruption and 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 just you know things that go on in this world injustices um, just the things in this world it's just imagine that this all this was all that there there was this all that we had to look forward to for the non-believer that's the case because it won't get any better but but even though in this world in these last days we know that that it's going to get worse before it gets better but as the believer it's going to get better one day we're going to a real place and we'll be we'll receive an upgrade so God promises us an upgrade an ultimate upgrade one day which should lead us to do something and I want us to see this in verse 3 as we close God's promise should lead us to live godly lives you know as we think about the end time events and, and what we'll be like one day I think we need to approach it only not only with our minds but also our hearts we, we don't want to merely just discuss things you know just just like you know in an academic way I mean it should move us as individuals you know that it's interesting when you start talking about the end times and and you start looking at the signs of the times it's all around us and you know 1947 when Israel became a nation and and you begin to watch the events unfold and how now over there um, surrounding Israel is all these enemies man if, if you if you want to know the end times we got it right here in the Word of God and we can discuss it and we can talk about it uh, but we need to uh, discuss it uh, and let it move us as individuals from from our our heads to our hearts and as God revealed to the prophet Daniel what was about to unfold in the future he dropped to his knees he was stunned he was unable to say a word his understanding of end times events moved him deeply and the same should happen to us here in 2021 I mean my goodness just in the last five years did you think ten years ago that we would see the things that we're seeing the things going on around us today I mean, it's, it's, it's astounding. It, 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 but, you know, like Vance Havner once said, it's getting gloriously dark. Yeah, it's getting evil and dark around us. But that just means we're one day, one step closer to that trumpet sounding. And it's just like, like someone once said, I believe Gabriel's licking his lips. And I believe we're getting ever closer. And we have to allow that to move us. How does it move us? Well, if we got lost friends and family, you know, the day's coming and the end's going to come and, and if they don't know Christ they're going to be left behind and, and, and it's going to be too late that should move us but not only should it move us to love and have a burden for the lost but it should move us to live godly to, to honor God to glorify God we really if we, if we understand what the Bible is saying about the imminent return of Jesus then it should cause us to want to live more godly to honor God when someone is a Christian but doesn't live godly doesn't live a pure godly life they likely have failed to understand that God keeps his word God keeps his word he always has he always will also when someone falls gives in to temptation and sin they likely had a failure in their walk with God long before that happened you know it goes back it goes back further probably you know probably weren't faithful to church or probably didn't open the word of God or probably neglected in their prayer life and and so it just began 
you know, in, in these, we have these old sinful natures. And, and so we battle that. And we, on our own, if we don't intentionally seek the Lord and discipline ourselves in prayer and devotion to His Word, we just navigate away from Him. Why don't we just acknowledge right now that God can and should be trusted? Let's take Him at His Word. We ought to take God at His Word because His Word is true. Notice here the result. Notice what we should do when we consider what God's Word says about who we are as children of God and what we have to look forward to one day in glory when we'll be like Jesus. Notice this in verse 3. And everyone who has this hope in Him does what? Lives in your way? Lives like the world says they should be? No. Should purify Himself just as He is pure. Now we're talking about Jesus is pure. Capital H-E. He is pure. We should, we should purify ourselves just as He is pure. Now what this passage is actually saying is that everyone who has the hope that we have in Christ. Again, that's a confident expectation. It's not wishful thinking. We have this hope of, of, of Christ and the hope that we have in Jesus. It should purify us just as He is pure. We should want to be on our toes spiritually, not be dull and slack. What the Apostle, Paul is ba- or the Apostle John is basically saying is Christ is pure. All who, 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 um, who hope in Him should strive to be like Him, and that is to be pure. We should strive, verse 3 says, to purify ourselves, honor God. Why do we surrender to the Lord and deny ourselves, even when our flesh wants to do something totally opposite? That's the, tempt- that's the battle, that's the struggle. The flesh against the Spirit. Which one's going to win out? The one that we feed. Am I going to feed the flesh? You know, am I, am I going, to, going to let the world influence me? And, and am, I going to, am, I, am I going to feed, or am I going to feed the Spirit? You know, am I going to honor God? And am I, am I going to trust His Word? I'm told right here in verse 3 that for those of us that are the children of God, and we know that we have a home in heaven, and we're going to receive an upgrade one day, we'll have glorified bodies, Everyone who has this hope, the hope of Jesus, purifies himself. It doesn't say that we might do that or that it's a good idea if we do that. Look at verse 3 again. Everyone who has this hope in him definitely does purify himself. Purifies himself just as he is pure. It's a strange thing to consider myself a Christian, but I don't live like Jesus. And I don't want to be like Jesus. And I'm no different than the world. I should purify myself. That is being led by the Spirit, reading God's Word and prayer, devotion to the Lord. Why do we allow the Spirit to give us self-control? Because God keeps His Word. Why do we love each other? And John emphasizes the love of God over and over in 1 John. Why do we do that? Why Why do we love each other? Because God can be trusted and God keeps His Word. We find truth in God's Word. Even, you know, as, 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 we, as we think about trusting God more and more. I mean, we, we build our faith when we trust God and trust His Word more and more. And as we do that, 
our faith is strengthened. We, you, we purify ourselves. That shows me that I have a responsibility. It's not that, you know, that I, that I get saved and then I just, I don't, I don't have any uh, intention of uh, growing in Christ. Or it's not that I, that I get saved and, and, I, and it just automatically happens. Now it does in some, in some sense because, because the Holy Spirit of God takes up residence in my heart and life and He will be my guide. But I've got I've to discipline myself. Just like an athlete trains. You know, the Word of God that uh, the Apostle Timothy told young Paul is, is, is true. I mean, all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness. And that, that instruction in righteousness means training. God, here's our training manual right here. And nobody's going to do it for me. I've got to take responsibility. And I, I've got to devote myself to His Word. And so, John says here, we purify ourselves. We find truth in His Word. And we can and we should trust His Word more and more. When we trust His Word each day, it changes us from the inside out. And that change is always for the better. Are you any different today than you were, say, I don't know how long ago, five, ten years ago, or even before you were saved? Is there any difference? I pray that there is. There ought to be. And when we think about the hope that we have, John says that we should purify ourselves. No, we won't always feel like it. We can't go on feelings. And it won't be popular. A lot of times, you know, following Christ and obeying the Lord, purifying ourselves because Jesus is holy, we strive to be holy, that won't be popular in this world. But we need to surround ourselves with people that will encourage us in our walk. If we, if we are surrounded by people who don't encourage us to honor God, then we need, it's like I told the youth at our back-to-school rally, you need a new circle. <laughs> if you've got people that, that, don't encourage, that discourages your walk with God, you need a new circle. And, and that's the idea of our Ignite youth focus on Wednesday and Sunday nights. Our youth right now, uh, they, are up, they are up there studying together and they have their fuel groups on Wednesday nights. And the, whole, the idea is accountability, to check on each other and to encourage each other. We need that in our life. We need Christians in our life to encourage us and, to, and to, you know, to pray for us and to keep us accountable as we try to purify ourselves, as the Apostle John says. But it won't be popular in this world. The idea that, you know, that we've got to try to be attractive to the world, that's not the Bible because the world doesn't understand. Matter of fact, go back up to verse 1. Notice, notice this, chapter 3, verse 1. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God oh the love of God that we're the children of God but notice this therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him the world's going in the opposite direction matter of fact uh, when John talks about the world he's referring to a, a system of things that is diametrically opposed to God the world's system is opposed to God so how is it that we as believers when we turn to Christ and as believers, the world is opposed to everything that, that's godly. How is it then that we think that we can be friends with the world? I mean, it, it doesn't work that way. But we as, as believers, 
that's, that's why the church is so important. Church, and Jan and I were talking about this at lunch today. You know, the, the church is so important, and yet so many are neglecting being together in the house of God. We need to surround ourselves with other believers who have the same hope that we have that will encourage us. And that's the idea even with our students, our Ignite Youth Focus and their fuel groups. They, you know, they, they check on each other. They, they, they have these little small groups. There's about three or four, maybe five in a group. And, and at the end of Wednesday night, they'll get in their groups and they'll, they'll talk and they'll pray about stuff and encourage each other. We need that. And so even when honoring and obeying God, trusting God's word and praying is not popular, let me encourage you to do it anyway. Let's purify ourselves. Why? Because we have a wonderful hope. Wonderful hope that we have in Christ. And God's word gives us the answers. Everything that we need to know about God, everything that we need to know about ourselves, everything we need to know about eternity, everything we need to know about life, we find it in the Word of God. It's right here. God's Word even gives us the answers to the end times. We'll be like Him. We're going somewhere one day. We'll have an upgrade one day. We'll be like the Lord Jesus. We have the answers even about the end time. In fact, when it comes to Bible prophecy, some might think that yeah, I don't know what that means and I, I don't really want to think about it. I can't really you know, sort it all out. It's kind of over my head. I'll let someone else figure those things out. But we don't ignore those things. Why? Because it's in the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about the end times. God must have wanted us to learn about Bible prophecy because 30% of the scriptures are dedicated to this topic. And God wants us to know what His Word has to say. He wants us to be aware of those things. We shouldn't just chunk 30% of God's Word aside. God's Word gives us even the truth about the end times. And so Paul or, or, um, John tells us here in verse 3 that everyone who has this hope in Him, the Lord Jesus, purifies Himself. That's the way it should be, just as He is pure. I want to be like Jesus. I want my sons and daughter to be like Jesus. I want our church family to be like Jesus. And as we think about the hope that we have in Him, and even this week as we think about Jesus on the cross and what we're going to be focusing on in our Follow Jesus groups this coming Sunday, we think about all that Jesus has done. We think about, about how He's coming again. I pray that we'll be like Jesus and that we will purify ourselves. As, uh, as John talks about here, as we consider the hope that we have in Christ. You know, some want to lose weight, diet, exercise, you know, have commitment to a goal, which will lead to a new you. <laughs> We've all heard that before, a new you. Well, all Christians have a promise that God is going to receive us one day and we'll have the ultimate upgrade. You talk about a new you, yeah, a perfect you perfect version of you God keeps his word as we see prophecy fulfilled it should lead us to be encouraged that God as the prophet Isaiah wrote in 4610 knows the end from the beginning that's who we believe in he has a plan and his plan is going to come to pass he's in control this world is out of control why because of sin we say well why don't God do something about it some 2,000 years ago, he did. 
his son came and went to the cross and again I encourage us this week let's dwell on what Jesus did for us on the cross what manner of love has the father given to us we think about how God demonstrated his love and that while we were yet sinners Christ died for us so let's live lives worthy of imitation and not be ashamed when Jesus comes again let's honor the Lord let's be faithful to God he's faithful to us let's let's grow let's be intentional in our prayer life and our devotion to God's word so that we'll purify ourselves, as John reminds us about in verse 3 Heavenly Father Lord we come before you tonight and we thank you for your word and the promises that we see in your word and how that should lead us Lord to live godly Lord, to purify ourselves because you are pure. Help us to be like you. Lord, I pray that when that trumpet sounds, that we'll be ready. God, that we wouldn't be involved in things that we'd be ashamed of, things that doesn't honor you. Lord, I pray that you'll help us tonight. Lord, encourage us tonight. Maybe, maybe someone has been so discouraged by the things of this world, or, or maybe ailments and and, and just, just life in general, this sin-cursed world. Lord, there's a better day coming. And God, that's why you sent the Apostle John who wrote this tonight. You sent him out to the Isle of Patmos. And Lord, you gave him revelation to remind and encourage the church that we win. We're victorious in Christ. Lord, may that drive us to live godly. Lord, that we would be like you. Help us, Lord Jesus. Speak to us tonight. Encourage us, Lord. May we commit and do what you lead us to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand together as Donna leads us in the hymn of invitation? I pray that you'll come tonight as God is speaking. Would you come? Maybe you just want to come and say, thank you, Lord, for the hope in Jesus. Thank you for the promise of heaven, of, of glorified bodies, leaving this world. Whatever it is, would you come? I just love the message of that song it is so true 
if we want to be blessed then we must trust and obey the Lord there's no other way so let's make this our closing prayer tonight let's sing that chorus again lift your voice trust and obey for there's no Amen. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful week, and I look forward to Wednesday night. Hope you'll be here with us and join us. God bless.